Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well and uh, any of our podcasts from KPCG Radio, Trumpet Radio. If you'd like to get those, you can find those where you like to get your podcasts. And all of our programming is available there. Well, we're living in a time of financial stress. No doubt you've noticed this. Inflation continues to rise at the grocery store. Goods are more expensive. And when you go to buy food sometimes, the package might be the same size, but there's less food inside the package. We've noticed that in our grocery shopping. So things are definitely getting more expensive. And uh, like me, you're probably feeling the squeeze in your personal finances Things don't go quite as far as they used to in terms of budgets. Well, at this time, we really need to understand and apply God's financial laws. God's laws are always in effect, always essential. And when we see the world around us getting into a lot of chaos and confusion, it's really time to examine those laws even more closely and make sure we're following them as we should. And God has financial laws. Uh, No matter what the state of our personal finances is, whether it's really strong or it needs some improvement, we need to look at God's financial laws and put them into practice. God's financial laws are part of his way of life. It's the way that a Christian lives. It's uh, essential that we follow the financial laws of God. But why does God even have financial laws? Well, notice this quote. This is from Lesson 12 of the Correspondence Course. It's uh, free at thetrumpet.com. The full name is the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. And we recommend that you sign up for it. It's an awesome course to take, and it will help you learn more about your Bible. But it says this, God's purpose for us is that we become like he is, that we develop his perfect spiritual character, which can be summed up in the one word, love. Since God is love, And you can notice 1 John 4 and verse 8 and verse 16 to see that. His spirit-begotten children should be growing in his love. See, God's purpose for us, we always have to keep that in mind. He wants us to become like he is. His whole goal is recreating himself and having mankind learn to think like he does, to act like he does. And so his laws show us the way to think, the way to act, the way to live, the way to be like God is. And God is love, and we should be growing in his love. The Bible defines God's love for us. We can see this in 1 John 5. If you'd like to turn there, we have a few passages today. If you have a Bible, you could get it out. We could look at these and and see what God says. Uh, 1 John 5 and verse 3, it says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So we want to keep all of God's laws. He has spiritual laws. He has physical laws. We want to keep all of them. We want to make sure we keep them, including financial laws. It says, and his commandments are not grievous. They're not a burden to us. They're not a hard thing. 
They're the way that leads to all good things. They're good for us. And so God's financial laws are not a burden. Rather, they demonstrate God's love, and, and that love goes to all. God's way is a way of love towards all. God's law benefits everyone. If we look at the world's financial laws, when the way that the economic system works, there's a lot of selfishness. And in the end, many people get hurt. Many people get hurt. So we need to make sure we understand and follow God's financial laws. And there's several aspects we could look at, but we'll focus in on one primarily today. God's will is that we prosper. That's what he wants for everybody. That's what he wants for you, and that's what he wants for me. His will is that we prosper physically and spiritually, that we're strong, that we're fit, that we um, have abundance. But this requires keeping God's law. Notice uh, Third John 1 and verse 2. Again, God's law is the way that leads to all those good things that we want and all those good things that God wants for us. But there's a law, and there's God's law that has to be followed. Third John 1 and verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So as we grow and we develop spiritually, then all those physical things are added to us, those, those uh, blessings. But again, we have to keep the overall picture in mind. Why does God have laws? It's because he wants us to learn to think like him, to live like him, to act like him. And those laws show us how to do that. They show us how to do that. And that includes the financial laws. The correspondence course, again, lesson 12, has this quote. And it's a little bit of a longer one, but it sets the stage for what we're going to talk about today. It says, long ago, even during the time of Abraham... God used the tithing or tenthing system to underwrite his work for that time. God's church today uses the same method to finance his commission to deliver a warning message and preach the gospel of the soon coming kingdom of God to the world. The act of tithing expresses our recognition of God's rulership over the entire earth and over us individually. It shows our cheerful adherence to the first great commandment, worshiping the true God and him only, and as with observance of the weekly and annual Sabbaths, the man or woman who keeps God's financial law will reap physical and spiritual blessings promised in his word. And so God's system, as you see here, and as we will look at, it's a give system. It gives to everybody and everybody benefits, and Abraham he set us an example in tithing. Let's notice that. Abraham did this, and we can see in Genesis 14, and we'll look at verses 18 through 20. So God, God's tithing laws have been in place for a long time. Verse 18, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So you can learn more about Melchizedek. We have quite a bit at thetrumpet.com about him. And he is the being that became Jesus Christ. This is the being that became Jesus Christ, but he was Melchizedek, king of Salem. Verse 19, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, or Abram at that time, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. 
and he gave him tithes of all. See, Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, and that was, of course, again, the being that became Jesus Christ. He was paying his tithes to God. He was giving a tenth, paying the tithes to God. I mean, Abraham was wealthy. He was very wealthy, but he understood where those blessings came from. He knew that his prosperity came from God, and he had to keep God's tithing law. If he didn't keep God's tithing law, he wouldn't have been blessed as he was. Just notice this quick passage in Genesis 13 and verse 2, talking about Abraham. And it says, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. He was rich, very rich, the Bible says. So again, God wants us to prosper. Now that doesn't mean that everyone will have the same level of wealth like you know Abraham had at that time. But God promises to take care of the needs of his people as they obey him and follow him. God knows how much we can handle. You know, for uh, some of us, I suppose, if we had too much, it would be a, a distraction. So there's a certain amount that we can work with and we can handle. But God wants to see what we'll do with it. He wants to see how we'll handle it. And then he wants to make sure that we'll, you know, follow his tithing laws like Abraham did. And Abraham was blessed for that. So there's no problem with being wealthy. But again, it's just having the right attitude. Abraham had faith and he put God first. Now there are people out there sometimes that will preach what's called the prosperity gospel, I guess. I've heard it called that where, you know, they say, well, if you give money, then you'll get all these blessings and that type of thing. And uh, they're getting off track and um, twisting the truth of God. God will take care of our needs for sure, but we're not giving to God so that we can become rich or something like that. We want to learn to think like God and to act like God. And then God in turn will bless us for that to whatever degree he sees fit. But he wants us to be thinking like him and acting like him and developing his character. We don't give tithes so we can get something from it. We want to learn to think like God. We want to learn to think like God, and that's his plan for us. That's why these laws are in place. It benefits everyone. God blesses those who keep his laws, including the financial law of tithing. Notice what Christ promised in Matthew 6. Christ made a lot of promises that we can count on, and uh, even in regards to having physical things. Matthew 6 here, verses 31 through 33. He says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, Well, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now, that doesn't mean we don't plan and prepare, but it just means don't take any anxious worry. Don't be concerned. Don't be focused on the material things like that. Many people focus on that. Most people do. He says, look, you don't, have to, you don't have to put your main focus on that. Verse 32, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. I mean, God knows exactly what we need. And we need to pray and we need to ask him for those things. But that can't be our main focus. Notice what our main focus needs to be. Verse 33, but seek you first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, if we do that, if we really seek the kingdom first, and that includes keeping the tithing laws and God's righteousness, he'll add all those other things to us. We'll have everything that we need. We don't have to worry about it. We need to ask God. We need to work hard, do our part. But God will take care of us, even in inflation. It doesn't matter. God knows how to handle those things without any problems. So, again, the focus, though, the overview is that we need to learn to be like God. And God gives. He gives. And he teaches us to give as well with the tithing system. So God wants us to think like him. He wants us to live like he lives. And God is a giver. You know, we can't outgive God. He wants us to develop godly giving character, and following his tithing law really helps us to do that. And then in turn, he blesses us. As Christ said, all those things, they'll be added unto you. Those things you need, they'll be added unto you. But seek the kingdom first. Seek God and his righteousness first. Live according to God's ways. Seeking seeking God and his righteousness that means to live rightly, live the right way. And that means following the financial laws, including the laws of tithing. And God gives a warning here in Malachi 3. If you want to look at Malachi 3, sometimes people don't properly tithe. And when, when they know better. And there are some people that just don't know anything about it. And they'll learn in time, but some people know and they don't do it. Well, that ends up being a problem because they're not growing and becoming like God, they're actually rejecting God's way. And that becomes very serious. And it has a lot more to do with character than it does with just money. But it shows character or lack thereof. Malachi 3 verses 8 through 10, it says, Will a man rob God? That's a question to consider. Will a man rob God? He said, Yet you have robbed me. But you say, well, wherein have we robbed you? You know, they're talking back. This is addressing specifically Laodiceans, those that knew God's truth and have turned from it. But they say, well, they talk back to God. Where have we robbed you? What do we do? What do we do wrong? He says, you robbed me in tithes and offerings. And then verse 9, he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Not only is that an affront to God, and stealing from God, but it's stealing God's message from the world. The world can't hear God's truth if people don't pay the tithes to support that work. So it's not just robbing God, it's robbing the whole nation or the whole world. Verse 10, it says, Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. He's talking about make sure there's an ability to do the work here. God's work. He says, Improve me now herewith, says the Eternal of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, God's saying, Look, I, I've got plenty to give. I will bless you. I'll give you plenty of blessings. Don't worry about it. Just like Matthew 6 talked about there with Christ saying, Look, don't be so concerned about all the, the, the physical goods and such and the money. I'll provide it, but make sure you... You pay your tithe. Make sure you support God's work. And then God will pour out a blessing. That's a promise. See, these are promises we can count on. But the question there is, will a man rob God? And if a person 
refuses to pay their tithes to God, then they're robbing God. And they're under a curse, actually. Actually under a curse if that happens. And uh, at a time like this, we can't afford to be under a curse, can we? Nobody can, of course, ever. But you can see the curses multiplying in this nation financially. We, we need to be blessed by God. We need to be um, given the things that we need. And God will do that as long as we are obeying him and we are paying our tithes. God does command that we give him tithes. God's work operates on tithe money, and it allows God to give his message out to this world, and it's a message of hope. It's a message of hope, and God chooses to work through humans to do that because he's teaching us to be like him, to be like he is. God then in turn blesses those who pay their tithes to God. See, he, it's a virtuous cycle. It's a virtuous cycle. It's a giving cycle in which everyone gives and then everyone receives, and everybody's blessed by it. It's an awesome law, and it's, again, it teaches us to be like God, and it allows God to bless us. It's a virtuous cycle. To learn more about this law and get into the details and some of the specifics and how it applies in our time today, we have a free booklet at thetrumpet.com. The title is The Financial Law You Can't Afford to Ignore. The Financial Law You Can't Afford to Ignore. It's free. It's been paid for. Faithful members and coworkers have tithed to make that available free of charge. The Financial Law You Can't Afford to Ignore. It's free. And it's at thetrumpet.com, and it's a great book, especially now, considering what's going on in the economies of the world around us. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.